ambitious to be with your UCAS choices, data protection and your UCAS reference, and smart advice on getting what you want from life. I'm Jonathan Tinnaker, and this is Better Uni Choices. This week, we asked the question, how ambitious should you be with your UCAS choices? How do you turn all of that research you've done into a sensible list of five courses for your UCAS form? We look at how data protection affects your right to see your UCAS reference, and we hear some smart advice from a successful entrepreneur on getting what you want from life. So let's start with those five initial UCAS choices, and just how ambitious should you be? Well, the basic principle behind the UCAS system is that it balances the need for students to have a range of choices when they apply, with the need for universities to have some kind of predictability in working out how many offers to make. So, for many years, students have been able to make up to five choices. Anymore, and the universities will simply be swamped with applications that are neither realistic nor necessary. Any less, and you could run the risk of not getting an offer of a place that suits you. The system works reasonably well most of the time, provided students are realistic with their applications and provided universities are transparent with their entry criteria and consistent with their offers. This year, nearly 79% of A-level students secured their firm choice, i.e. their first choice course, while 12% got into their insurance choice. So, how do you make sure the system works well for you? How do you turn all that research, all those possible choices, into a list of five courses on your application form that give you the best chance of getting into a course that you really want to do? Is it as simple as listing your five favourite courses? I'm afraid not. But neither is it some dark art where you need to have some amazing insight and specialist knowledge to get it right. Keep listening and I'll try to make it as simple as possible. And we'll start with your qualifications and your predicted grades. You know what grades you already have in whatever qualifications you have taken. Now, though sometimes I'm amazed that some students don't seem to remember. But anyway, you'll put these in your UCAS form. Your school will then make predictions for your current qualifications and will also put these on your form. Make sure you know what these predictions are and have an honest discussion with your teachers as to how likely you are to meet the predictions. Be aware that there is a very real possibility that you will not achieve what the school has predicted. We don't have figures for 2023, but three years of data through to 2019 showed that only 16% of students met or exceeded their predicted grades. Now, some courses have required subjects, and some courses may have subjects that they don't accept. So every university will publish their required entry qualifications. For example, they may say, you must have maths A-level. They will give equivalences of these in other qualifications. And the bottom line is that if you're not taking a required subject, don't apply. It's that simple. There will sometimes also be subjects that the university doesn't accept. E.g. a few universities don't accept general studies or critical thinking A-levels. In which case, they will state this on their websites. Now, courses then have typical offers and grade requirements. This is where things get a little trickier, but you will find that almost all universities will publish a set of grades that they're looking for for each of their course. It'll be something like A-levels, ABB, BTEC Extended Diploma, DDM, IB with 36 points, or perhaps Scottish Hires at AABB. This generally means that if they make an offer to you, it will be conditional upon you getting those grades or that if you already have those grades, you are likely to receive 
an unconditional offer. Some universities also use something called UCAS tariff points. It's a system that gives a point score to different qualifications. You can find the details on the UCAS website, but essentially the system enables the university to ask for a certain number of tariff points instead of asking for grades for each qualification. So, for example, a university might ask for 136 points. If you were taking three A-levels, you'd need AAB. If you're taking a BTEC Extended Diploma, you'd need DDD. Or if you're taking Scottish Hires, it would be ABBBBB. You may be taking a combination of qualifications, such as a BTEC diploma plus an A-level. This is pretty common, and you can generally talk to an advisor from the admissions office who will let you know what offer you would receive. If you're taking non-UK qualifications, there will generally be an outline of the requirements for your qualifications too. If it's not detailed enough, just ask the international office and they will help. Now, aside from the published grades, what are the chances of getting an actual offer? Well, this is where things do get tricky, and it is important that you are aware of just how much variation there can be so that you can make good, well-informed choices. For many universities and courses, the situation is pretty simple. If you have predicted grades that are near to the grades they publish, and you have shown some decent motivation and interest in your personal statement, then you will get an offer. That offer will be the one that they have published. I would go so far as to say that this will be true for the majority of courses where there are no interviews, auditions or other selection tests. The majority, that is, except for the top 30 or so most competitive universities. So, what happens at these more competitive universities and courses? Well, such is the pressure on places and such has been the unpredictability of grades during the pandemic, the most competitive courses have started to be more and more selective. They generally have lots of students applying with the right predicted grades, and so they will look more closely at the other aspects of the application. They may look for students whose predictions actually exceed the published entry grades. They may look back at GCSEs or equivalent, and only make offers to students with extremely high grades at these. They may look very closely at the personal statements and the reference, perhaps grading them and only offering places to the very strongest. The further up the competitive table the university is, the more difficult it gets. The tricky thing is that the sector changes from year to year, and while universities are good at adjusting their grades and publishing these, they don't generally publish information that will help you know exactly how competitive it will be in a given year. And then, of course, there are courses with admissions tests, interviews, auditions or portfolios. Each stage in the process is designed to select the best candidates and filter out others, thus reducing your likelihood of success further. So, how do you take account of all of this when you make your choices? After all, it is pretty much impossible to know exactly how competitive the most competitive courses will be. Plus, you don't know how your exams will go and how good your actual grades will be. Well, the secret is to have a range of course choices, some of which may be ambitious, some that will be mid-range and realistic, and some that will be very safe. So I would suggest you break your five choices down into the following. 1. Your stretch choices. You should use no more than two choices on courses that are stretching or ambitious. These could be courses that have entry grades that are above your predicted grades or are equal to your predicted grades, 
but at one of the more competitive universities. They could be choices where you know there is an interview process, and while you are not confident of an offer, you think you could get a place if all goes well and you perform at your best. Perhaps you have predictions AAB. A stretch offer would be for a course quoting entry grades AAA and perhaps an interview or another entry test. Secondly, your realistic choices. You should then have at least two choices that are realistic, in line with your predictions and not at the very most competitive universities. They may still have interviews, auditions or entry tests, but you are confident that you are at a level where you can handle these and your teachers and advisors are suggesting the applications are realistic. If your predicted grades are AAB, a realistic option is one where the entrance grades are AAB or ABB. And finally, your safety choices. That should leave one or two spaces for your safety options, which would be courses where the requirements are at a level that you are 100% confident you will achieve, even on a bad day. With those predicted grades, at AAB, a safety option could be one where the offer is BBB and there is no interview or other selection process in the way. By spreading your five choices across a wide range like this, you maximise your chances of getting a good place regardless of the outcome of interviews, tests and, of course, your exams. Be aware that you don't need to make these decisions on your own. Sure, you will ultimately be the one going off to study for several years, but you are not the only one who knows your strengths, your preferences and your limitations. So speak to family and friends, but most importantly speak to the university advisor at your school or college. Allow them to really get to know what is most important to you and then really listen when they try to help you with your final selection. We move on to this week's Did You Know? Well, under data protection laws, you have the right to see your UCAS reference after it is submitted. I don't think it's unreasonable, therefore, to ask your school if you can see it before it is submitted. You have no right to ask to change the reference, but it can be helpful to see it so you can check for any errors or obvious omissions. And finally, our quote for the week comes from Naval Ravikant, entrepreneur and investor, co-founder, chairman and former CEO of AngelList. And on getting what you want out of life, he says, The only true test of intelligence is if you get what you want out of life. There's two parts to this. One part is, were you able to hack reality to get what you wanted? But the more important part is, were you smart enough to figure out what to want in the first place? Got a spare 15 minutes? Well, simply have a look for 11 Rules for Life from Naval Ravikant, a short YouTube video distilled from a whole bunch of interviews with him. It is crazy useful. Next week, we ask another important question. Who are admissions tutors anyway? Thanks for listening. See you next time.